Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode 14 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. This is part three of our Leadership Hacks mini-series. And just to recap, let me remind you the the entire premise of of this little mini-series is surrounding the idea that that your effectiveness as a leader has everything to do with you not doing more, but being more intentional. And we talked in part one, which was episode 12, we talked about being more intentional about knowing yourself, which leads us right into part two, uh, where we talked about being more intentional about leading yourself, which nicely sets us up for part three this month, talking about being more intentional about leading others and your ministry if you're involved in ministry or maybe you're a leader of an organization and uh, you can transfer these principles hopefully to uh, to any organization or, or business or otherwise as well. And so I wanted to start by saying this, that leaders who, who bypass intentionality with, with knowing themselves in, in part one and bypass intentionality about leading themselves in part two will actually greatly diminish uh, their effectiveness in leading others. And so uh, I want to be very careful about stating that early on, because if you missed episode 12 or 13, I really do uh, encourage you to, to jump back and, and uh, press pause on this one and listen in on those, because they, they kind of flow um, in, in that structure. You need to kind of have one before you get to the next. Uh, otherwise, it's just not going to make sense to you. And And in actuality, so many leaders actually do this, where, where they just focus in on this one, where they focus in on being intentional about leading others, i.e. their ministry or wherever they're involved in leadership, and they skip the other two. And it actually greatly diminishes their long-term sustainability and effectiveness of their leadership. And so I really do encourage you to jump back and, and start off with episode 12 and then uh, follow along and, and get caught up into this episode I'll start by saying this. I, I see way too many leaders that focus too much on the mass gathering. I'll call this the attractional approach um, to, to leading others, to leading ministries. And you might be listening into this podcast. You might find yourself as an associate, uh, maybe leading a small group. You might find yourself as a children's pastor, leading a group of children. You might find yourself as a youth pastor. You might find yourself as a lead pastor. And uh, I really do hope that, that these principles would be transferable. And it is my aim to make anything we talk about here on the Leadership Matters podcast transferable, uh, regardless of the context of leadership you find yourself in. And so that is my hope for this episode as well. And so I want to take a look at an intentional approach, not just an attractional approach, and, and talk about being more intentional about uh, five various things when it comes to leading others and uh, leading a ministry specifically. So let me jump right in. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time setting this up because I, I believe the other two episodes, episode 12 and 13, set this one up nicely without giving a whole lot of intro. And, and so let me jump right into things. The, the first one that you need to, to be intentional about if you're going to lead other people is, is building a team or slash community of leaders, building a team. 
building a team of leaders, building a community of leaders, however you want to phrase that. But leaders need to be intentional about creating this, about building a team. And there's there's various components involved in this one. And so let me break it down, unpack it a little bit further. Uh, I believe we need to be intentional as leaders about recruiting, developing, and empowering the leaders around us. See, too many times we, we might start off in a leadership position. Maybe we inherit a team of leaders and, uh, and, and we kind of stop there after we have our leaders. We kind of stop after the recruiting phase and we don't really do a whole lot with these leaders. And maybe that's not your expertise. Maybe it's not one of the, the five things. This is going back to episode 12. Maybe it's not one of the five things you feel called to be great at. It's not your niche. It's not your area of expertise. And, and that is totally fine. All I would say is it doesn't give you an excuse to leave it out. If you have a team of leaders around you or you want to have a team of leaders around you, you need to be intentional about developing those leaders, not just recruiting them, but developing them, honing their leadership gifts and, and, and what they bring to the table. And so if that's not you and not your area where you feel called to be great at, then bring somebody in who is or listen to a podcast together, or go to a conference together. There's all sorts of many ways of developing your team of leaders but do not please for the sake of those leaders if you want them and let me just say this as a side note if they are high capacity leaders and you are not using them you're not using their giftings their abilities their talents i'm telling you you won't have them for very long they will find themselves engaged somewhere else if you're not going to engage them and develop the the skills that are within them and so don't just recruit it's three-part, always. In building a team of leaders, it's three-part. Recruiting, developing, and empowering your leaders. And the whole empowerment, um, this has everything to do with, with, with actually giving power away. Okay, let, let me break this down for you for a second. If you haven't heard this before, maybe you've heard me say this before, but uh, delegation and empowerment are two totally different things. Delegating is giving tasks away, where empowerment is actually giving power and responsibility away. And uh, that's a big deal. And that's hard for some of us as leaders to do. Um, and, and the true test to know if you've actually empowered a leader around you is, is to ask yourself this, can that leader surprise me and can they fail? Because if there is no surprise element, if you are involved and engaged at every with every leader, with every area, every aspect of, of a task or a responsibility that you've given away, you haven't actually given away power. You haven't actually empowered. You are micromanaging. And the, the second thing is if, if, if they don't have the power to fail, if you are engaged at every moment so that you have this backup plan and, and, and at, at every stage of the game, you're ready to go with your backup plan, then you haven't truly empowered them either. Some of the best ways that leaders learn, some of the best uh, moments in life, the way that we learn, and I'm sure you could say this for your own life, is through failure. And so if they don't have the ability to fail in what you've given them to do, then you have not truly empowered them. And over a period of time, that will greatly inhibit um, the, the, the long-term um, stickiness of that leader to you and your leadership and, and this team. And so I just encourage you to be intentional about recruiting, developing, and empowering. And you really do need to start here. You go into any new context of leadership, I encourage you to start with building your team right away, right, on, right out of the gate. Um, and so many times we, we get 
bogged down and distracted with other things that are on our plate or we're given to do. But this is truly where we all need to start as leaders in building a team of leaders. And I'll talk a bit more about that in, in a few moments. But I'd also say this under under this um, intentionality component is to build over buy. I don't know about you, but I'd I'd rather build a leader over buying one any day. And, and maybe you're not in the in the position as a lead um business owner or lead pastor to, to go hiring staff. Maybe, maybe you don't have that type of power, but you can, you can buy, we all buy leaders other ways too, by enticing them or saying, Hey, if you come and be a leader on this team, you can, you can have your community hours. I'll sign off in your community hours. I've heard youth pastors guilty of that one before. That's what I would call buying a leader. I would far rather build a leader and build one from within than, than trying to uh, coerce or, or trying to manipulate or um, even bribe leaders from other areas to come and be on your team. Because here's what happens when you build leaders. You, when you build leaders from within your own ministry, they actually get the context, they get the vision. It's already in them, and you don't have to try and get them on board. They're already there. And they know what you're all about, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what you'll tolerate, what you won't tolerate. All those expectations are there because you've actually been building into this person over time. And so I'd far rather, any day, I'd take somebody I've built over somebody I've bought. And there are moments, I will say this to those who are in positions to hire staff, there are definitely moments where you do need to buy. And it's healthy actually to have an outside perspective because maybe there's too many people from within and it's good to have an outside voice. But uh, I think the majority of the time, it's, it's, you, you go way further, way faster when, when you build your leaders from within than, uh, than buying them from, from outside your organization or your church or your ministry. Um, the second part I would encourage you to be intentional about in when you, if you're going to be more intentional about leading others and, and leading your ministry is, is to be intentional about building your ministry or your organization on the backs of others instead of yourself. Now, let me just give you a warning. I will say this. It takes a real secure leader to actually do this. It's one thing to say it. It's one thing to believe it, that it's the right thing to do. It's another thing to actually live it out in principle, in practice. And it really does take a secure leader to actually live this out and lead this way. Um, Don't build the ministry or your organization surrounding you or on your back. Build it on the backs of others. Here's why you do that. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know how long you're going to be in that organization. And I've seen this all too often and made this mistake myself in ministry before. When you build it on the back of yourself and you go elsewhere, God takes you out of that context of ministry or out of that organization, what happens? The thing crumbles. It falls apart. Why? Because it was built on your back. It was built on one personality or a couple personalities. And when they are removed from the mix everything begins to crumble. And you see this so often. And so I would just encourage you, learn from from others' mistakes, learn from my mistakes, and don't build it on your back. Don't build it on one or two personalities. Don't make it about you. Don't be that superstar leader that wants to get all the credit and all the glory. It's actually more humbling, but more rewarding in the end if you will build this ministry or organization on the backs of others. And so one of the practical ways of doing this is 
is even in their commitment levels. And I always ask this of, of my own leaders. When I was leading as a youth pastor, I used to ask our leadership team, our team of leaders, to be committed to three things in this specific order. I'll give them to you, and I'm sure I've shared this before. Uh, maybe you've heard me talk about this before. But specifically, uh, we even chatted a little bit about this in episode 11, to submit or not to submit. And so you can, if you want to dive into this a little further, you can hear more about it there. But let me give you a real snapshot. I always ask them to commit to God, first and foremost, their relationship to God. The ministry, second, which where we've asked them to lead. And then me and, and my spouse, my wife, third, in that order specifically. Why? Because I want to know if God takes us elsewhere, puts us in another place of ministry, another context, I want to know that those leaders are still going to stick it out because they were committed to, to that ministry, to that organization before they were ever committed to me. And I just think that's the healthiest way uh, to set any organization, any uh, tier of leadership up is to ask your leaders, your volunteers, whatever the case may be, to ask them to be committed to God first, the ministry or organization second, and then to you third in that order. And uh, I'll leave that one alone. Again, you can you can go and download episode 11 and, uh, and check that out if you want to hear a little bit more about that, if you haven't already. The third area where we need to be intentional, if we're going to be intentional about leading others and leading our ministry or organization, we need to be intentional uh, about multiplication. And this is so big. Again, these are not necessarily in any specific order. Um, and this is, again, not an exhaustive list, but I, I do think there's something to be said about multiplication and having that mindset instilled in our organizations, especially our ministries. Um, uh, I want you to know way back in Genesis, we find the idea where, where God says to Adam and Eve, go be fruitful and multiply. Now, this wasn't a suggestion, as many of us might coin or term or think. This was actually a command from God. Be fruitful and multiply. And God is a God who, who is into multiplication, not addition. You see it laced all throughout Scripture. If you were a Bible-believing person and you were to open up the Bible, you see multiplication laced throughout the entire Bible. You see it over and over again, multiple examples. I won't get into those right now, but, but check it out for yourself. Um, Create, I, I would encourage you as a leader, as the leader, to create a multiplication strategy right from the beginning, wherever you start somewhere. If you don't currently have one in mind or have one in place, I, I encourage you to start one immediately. Start a multiplication mindset. And, and here's what happens when you do this. You'll never need to recruit again. When it comes to, to actually getting other leaders and having other leaders, it, you'll never actually have to do it again. Because this multiplication mindset will, will begin to take off and, and leaders will start reproducing other leaders. And, uh, and that's what multiplication is all about. It starts with you reproducing yourself, multiplying yourself, which actually in the end multiplies your effect. And so if you want to be more effective, one of the, mo the best ways to do that is not to do more. Remember, that's the whole premise for this Leadership Hacks mini-series. Not to do more, but to actually be more intentional about multiplying yourself which then multiplies your reach and your effectiveness. And so I, I would say simple things in terms of practical application. Don't do things alone. If you need to go out and get supplies this week for, for an event you're running this week, take, take another leader with you. Take somebody else you're pouring into with you. Allow them into your life to watch you do life. Actually disciple them. Reproduce yourself 
in the, the only way to reproduce yourself in somebody else is to actually let them into your life, to watch you do life, to take them along with you. And, and so I, I learned early on in ministry to, as much as possible, to always take somebody with me. I always have somebody by my side who's watching, who's learning, who I can multiply my, myself in. And the more you do that, um, the, the more effective you're going to be uh, as a leader and the further your reach is, is going to go as a leader because you're, you're constantly reproducing yourself in others. And so be intentional about that. Don't just think that it doesn't matter and you can just go to the store or go pick up this and it doesn't, it's, let me just say, it's going to be more work to, to actually have a multiplication mindset, to be intentional about multiplying. It is more work, especially in the early going. Um, if you're going to ask each of your leaders to, to actually recruit, find another leader and pour themselves into that, that's a, that's a huge undertaking to get rolling. Uh, in our ministry, we called it an apprenticeship movement. But I'm telling you, it was just that. Once it became, it got some traction, it really did become a movement, a movement that is still ongoing in that ministry today, uh, which we've been gone and out of for, for quite a few years now. And so I just encourage you to create that. Create a multiplication strategy uh, right from the beginning. If you're starting, maybe you're a church planner and you're starting out today, create a multiplication mindset that you're going to get to a certain point and then you're going to reproduce. Create that now before you even have people, before you even have a following. Decide now what the, when that is going to be, when you're going to bring somebody on and reproduce and then launch them out. Like Just have that ingrained in your organization right from the beginning. And uh, I just believe that, that, oh man, that is huge in, in, uh, in just expanding our effectiveness as leaders uh, as we are set out to, to lead our ministries and to lead others around us. Um, the, the fourth one is, is creating culture. And I've got an entire podcast on this. It's episode seven. It's called Shifting Culture. And you can go download that, listen to that um, if you haven't already. But I would just say this. Um, don't settle for the existing culture, wherever you're at, whatever ministry context or leadership context you find yourself in. Don't just settle for what the existing culture is. But you as the leader, you actually have the privilege. You get to create the preferred culture you desire. That, that's privy to any leader out there. And whatever leader posi position you might have or, or obtain, I want you to know as a leader, leaders get to create the culture. So don't be haphazard about that. Actually be intentional about that. Um, here's what I'd say on that one. You really want to start a new culture, start celebrating the things that you want to see become the culture. Because here's what I've learned. Whatever is celebrated gets duplicated. Um, I use my kids as an example for this. I remember one time uh, uh, I, I wanted to... Uh, I celebrated my daughter was being kind. She did a kind act, and so I, I pointed it out. I celebrated it. And I'll tell you, she drove me nuts for the next few months because after everything she do, she set out to be the kindest person in our family. And she'd do a tiny little thing and she'd be, Daddy, was that kind? And I'd be, yes, sweetie, that, that was so kind. And the reason is because she was, again, she was looking, because that got celebrated, she was looking to duplicate it so it would get celebrated again. And that's the way all of us are wired as, as human beings. 
um, we want to be celebrated. And so if you see something that you want to become the culture in your group of the people that you're leading, then begin to celebrate it publicly, privately, celebrate it over and over again, and you'll watch as that culture begins to shift. Now, there's many other components to shifting culture and changing culture, and I again, I, I talk about those in in greater length and detail in episode seven of this of this podcast. The the final one for for our purposes today in being more intentional about leading others and leading your ministry is this: be intentional about identifying who you have on your team. Again, these are all uh, these all have to do with with leading a team and leading other uh, other people. But you really need to know who you got. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, I call it leader versus doer. Many of us uh, have obtained and led various uh, groups of people in, in our leadership before. And what you'll notice is there's, there's two types of people on your team often. There are leaders and then there are doers. And we need both. So hear my heart on this. But if you really want to expand the effectiveness and the reach of your leadership, I would encourage you, to, to make sure you have those people on the right seat in the bus. And so here's what I mean. Leaders actually have the ability to lead other people. And so whereas doers are great at actually doing tasks. And so leaders are the ones you actually, you actually want to empower to lead others and, and, and create other, other leadership things. So let me give you a tangible example. Let's say you're a children's pastor. Um, and you have a group of 10 leaders uh, on your team. You call them leaders for our, our purposes. You, you have a, a leadership team of 10, let's say that, okay? And you have a task, you, you have a, a certain age group, maybe it's the, your, your five and six-year-olds, and you need a small group leader f- for those. You need somebody to actually run a lesson and, and talk to them. Um, well, that is a great job. That's a role for a leader because they can actually lead other people. Not the best role for a doer. See, a doer is the type of person that will go out and do all sorts of things. They can build things. They can clean things up for you. They can, they can get the job done. Where a leader actually, the difference between a, a leader and a doer is a leader, leader can actually empower others around them to, to help with the task. So if you, let's say you're a lead pastor and you're hiring staff, for instance. Let's say you hire doers. You're actually inhibiting uh, the effectiveness of, of your team, of your, your team of staff members by hiring doers. You, as, as the lead pastor, should be looking to hire leaders because you know you're going to get way more in the long run from that leader because they're going to know how to build teams of other leaders and empower other people, and you're going to get way more done than hiring a, a doer might just go out and do it themselves. Whereas a leader is going to go out out and rally 20 other people to help them do it or, or to get them to job done. And so you can see a um, small snapshot of just how, how much more effective it is to, to have leaders in the right positions. Now, don't get me wrong, we need doers and they are every bit as important, but they shouldn't necessarily hold the highest leadership positions um, because they don't necessarily have the gifting or the ability or the capacity to go out and empower others to do it. They're actually sole purpose and, and fulfillment in life is to go out and do the task themselves. And, and that's where they get the greatest joy and fulfillment. So identify who you got. And there are different online assessments to be able to do this. 
Um, you can find out, uh, you can put your team through various assessments to find out personality traits and, and leader and spiritual gifting tests. And just Google those things. And I'm telling you, you'll find all sorts of different resources online that you can actually take your team through and get to know who you have on your team a little bit better. Now, before we, we close this, this part three off and finish out this mini-series, let me, let me give you a few practical resources. And so these are just a couple quick practical resources that may help you in your efforts to be uh, more intentional uh, with your time. Be more intentional about uh, maybe it's knowing yourself, maybe it's leading yourself, or, or maybe it's leading others. And so these are just really quick. A lot of these are apps you can find in the App Store or you might be able to find online and use on your desktop, but these are a few really quick practical things. And again, not an exhaustive list, just some I've come across in the past little while that have been huge and, and I really like. Um, the first one is called Asana, A-S-A-N-A, and it is a project management tool. There's others out there like Basecamp and um, uh all sorts of other ones, but Asana is one really cool. It's, it's pretty user-friendly, and you can uh, you can check that one out. There's an app for it. Um, I, I believe you can also run it on your, your desktop, and it's task management. You can collaborate with other people and, and join them to various tasks, assign different tasks, all, all sorts of things that way. So Asana is pretty cool, uh, one I came across uh, in the past couple months. Another one is called Clear, and this is basically a to-dos list. It's an app. It's called Clear To Do's, T-O-D-O-S, just like it sounds. And if you type that in the search bar on the App Store, it should come up, Clear To Do's. And it's basically creating to-do lists that you can check off and you can stroke through once you've done it, which I find helpful if you're uh, task-oriented like I am. That, that's really rewarding to actually check off your, your various tasks or to-do's. And so and what, what's really cool is you can actually save your to-do list. And so if there's something that happens um, maybe once, once every year, so maybe you go on vacation to the same spot and you have to-dos or things you want to pack, you want to make a packing list, but you don't want to totally obliterate and wipe that out after, you can actually press one button, it unchecks everything, and you can basically start over and use it again the following year. And so I find that really cool that you don't have to scrap it and start from scratch. Um, another app called Spark, and it's for emailing. You can run all your emails through it, and it's just a little cleaner, more cut. Some of you may use Outlook or use the Mail app on, on a Mac already, uh, but if you're looking for something uh, third-party that uh, um, it helps in organization and, and uh, flows through multiple platforms, Spark is a good one. Um, another app, I probably my favorite out of all of these that I've come across, is um, Actions Task Automation app. This app, let me just tell you about this app. This app will cost you, not all of these are free. This one costs like $3 or something. Um, fully worth it though. What it does, it actually is a texting reminder app. So you can actually fully automate your text. So let's say you're running a team of leaders like we just talked about. You're building a team of leaders and you want to send them a note of encouragement, a personal note of encouragement, not a mass group text to all of them, but a personal note of encouragement. Maybe their birthday's coming up or or they just lost somebody close to them and you want, but you don't want to do it today. You're driving in the car. Um, you want to do it another time. Here's what you do. You get back to your desk, write out the text, send the date, uh, attach the date to the, the text that you want. And what happens is on that date, at that time that you've specified, maybe three, to, three days earlier or a week earlier or a month earlier, 
it will actually send you a, a little notification on your phone will pop up. Hey, do you still want to send this? You click yes, even if you're driving, so you're not having to pull over and do the text or whatever. You, all you do is swipe yes or no, and it sends the text, but you can do it well in advance. So you could plan out a text per week per different leader. Maybe you want to reach out to a different leader each week and send them a text. You could do that all uh, through your fixed calendar um, and using this Actions app, fixed calendar, I'm referring to episode uh, 13, uh, where we talked about leading yourself. Um, you, you could actually do that through your day, sit down and write down all your texts in an hour, get that all taken care of, set them up as when they're going to go out, and then all you have to do is click yes um, when the time comes. I think that is so cool, especially for leaders who want to reach out to their team and actually build community and relationship with their team. Um, I just think that is one of the uh, no-brainers. Yeah, it may cost you $3, but in the long run, uh, it is going to cause you to be so much more effective in, in actually reaching out to the, the team members around you. Uh, another one is Evernote. I use this for notes, documents, ongoing files, lists. You can use it for all sorts of things. Um, so for me, I have it set up and I have it set up along with going back to episode 12 and, uh, and the five things I feel called to be great at. I actually have five different file folders set up in Evernote along those lines. So leadership development, I have a file folder set up for that. So anytime I get a leadership thought or something I want to lean into a little more or unpack or study, I'll just slip a a file or make a note in Evernote and, and so I can build these files. I, 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 almost, I almost get this picture of a crock pot um, when it comes to Evernote that you can continually add to things that maybe you don't have the time to sit down and write right now, but it's this ongoing thing where I, if I have a thought, I can quickly tell Siri to, to put a note in Evernote or whatever and I don't, I don't actually have to lose the thought um, because I find with myself, I know myself too well to know I'll forget later on and so when I have a thought while I'm driving or wherever it's nice to just know I have different files set up in Evernote I can do that another great app um, and I suggest you you send out mass communication uh, this is for communication it's called remind me maybe you've heard of it I, I know schools use it but it's a great one for for pastors and leaders as well um, leading their groups of people leading other people it's it's a great enhancer uh, to helping you do that so you could send out a remind I know uh, we have two kids who are in junior high of our own, and our youth pastor, their youth pastor, uses the Remind app and uh, is an intentional with it, and I love it that I get a, I know what's going on. So it's not just for the students, but for parents. To, and we, my wife and I both have the Remind app on our phones, and we uh, also get uh, various texts through the Remind app from uh, one of our child's teachers as well uses it. Um, and it is so helpful to know what's going on and just weekly communication um, so we're not left in the dark. So those are just a few. Again, not an exhaustive list. There, there's way too many out there um, to keep up with what's new and what's current. So just find, I, just, I just want you to know there are tools out there to help you be effective and more intentional um, with, with leading others. So let's, let's recap. Part one, Leadership Hacks, all about being intentional about knowing yourself. Part two is all about being intentional about leading yourself. And finally, in this episode, we talked all about being intentional about leading others slash your ministry. So imagine how much more, as we close this off, this final episode on leadership hacks, imagine how much more your life, your leadership could drastically look different if you didn't do a whole lot 
more, but we're a whole lot more intentional about some things you're already doing. See, this was never about you doing more, but all about you being more. And I just believe that intentionality is directly related to your effectiveness as a leader. So I want to thank you for listening in to these past three episodes. Join us next month for a brand new episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.